You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the show for age 50-plus business owners. We're interviewing professional advisors for their tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new 20-minute interviews and one-minute highlights every day at ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. And now the Exit Coach Radio Show proudly presents the All-Star Review, a compilation of one-minute highlights from past guests. Hear more one-minute highlights and full interviews from these guests at ExitCoachRadio.com. What's the first step in planning? Here's attorney and planner T. Philip Bacchus. The first thing for everybody, whatever you're doing, is you need to get started. The plan isn't worth the paper it's written on unless you take steps to move toward your goals and take those action steps that you had in there. The reality is that earlier you get started on most of these things, the more options you have, the more likely you are to be able to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And the second part is your plan has to be flexible and you have to review it to make sure over time it is still performing the way you want it to because things change, you know, whether it's laws, taxes, economic environment, your goals, your personal situation, it's going to change. So we have to review it and make whatever tweaks are necessary along the way to keep you going along that path or making a turn if your goals have changed to your new path. So we are going the direction that you want to go at that time. Where do you start to plan when you have a new business? Here's T. Philip Bagues. Almost everybody starts a business, they want limited liability. So let's make sure that we create the entity that's going to have limited liability so we aren't opening the door for any litigator to pierce the corporate veil. At the same time that's happening, we have to plan our exit strategies because trying to plan for that later it is too difficult. So we need to create some sort of agreement, buy sell agreement or some other way for these business owners to know when it comes time that I want to leave or I have to leave, that here's how it's going to work and it's going to protect everybody. It's going to protect the people who are staying in the business because they're going to get to have the business and run the business as they are without necessarily being in business with their former partner's family. And it's going to protect the former partner's family if something were to happen to him or her. Make sure that they are getting what they deserve. An earnout is uh, the realization of the final payments to come up to the the actual selling price, but earned out over a period of time. What buyers want to have happen is they want a seller to prove the actual value of the business by having them be patient and waiting for a piece of uh, of the payout. So in other words, once the transition period has happened, say 6, 12, 18, or 24 months, the buyer will make additional payments with the comfort that, okay, it is what you said it is. Had a very creative deal earlier this year where down payment was made for about 80% of the deal. A bank stepped in for a percentage of the deal. The seller actually financed a, another small percentage of the deal. And the earnout comes in years three, four, and five in the forms of one and a half percent of revenues in years three, four, and five. A very clever approach uh, done by the CPA who actually referred me to the project. That was a unique one in my mind, but it was a perfect one because the seller collected 90 or more percent of the money in a tidy time frame, Mm -hmm. but he had incentive over two years of transition to make sure years three, four, and five were going to be healthy. So he's got some pretty decent money on the line in years three, four, and five. So everybody's pulling in the same direction, making sure the first two years go very smoothly. 
surviving the exit of the founder or the operators, that's the biggest key. And every client project I work on is heavily weighted towards goodwill. So the value often is in the name, the brand, the phone number, the web address, and a lot of what the founder or the operator has built. So it's difficult to, to transfer that. I've got a deal right now, a signed purchase and sale agreement, all ducks in a row, all pieces negotiated. Lawyers have done their parts. The one snag is final piece of financing for the buyer and getting a bank to be comfortable with how heavily weighted this small publishing company is on the founder's knowledge as opposed to on the books. And that's a challenge. And we've got multiple banks looking at it, trying to get one of them comfortable with the buyer is so savvy and so talented that he's going to be able to uh, grow the business beyond what the founder has built, never mind just maintain what he's built. As, uh, when a business owner gets invited to one of these hotel seminars, if you will, uh, where somebody's uh, selling some kind of consulting service, and they'll talk from the podium in terms of a multiple of income. And I think the point of confusion is a business owner might hear income as top-line revenue as opposed to bottom-line earnings. So when they hear, oh, you can get two, three, four, five, six times income, you have somebody running a million-dollar business thinking they're going to get two to six million dollars for that business, and they're not, because typically the earnings will be something more like a couple hundred thousand or four hundred thousand. So two to three to four times that number, fine, now we're talking. Maybe that business is worth upwards of a million dollars when it's generating revenue, upwards of a million dollars. But boy, it's not worth the millions that oftentimes people are misguided to, to think that it is. What's the right amount of content to send out? Is it daily? Is it 10 times a day? Is it what? It, it depends on your market and what social media platforms you're going to be working on. If you're on Facebook, we recommend anywhere from three to five times per week. If you're on Twitter, we recommend anywhere from five to 25 times a day. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. Yes. And, and it, consistency is one of the keys that we recommend is, is you can't start it and then say we're not oh, getting anything well, within a week or a month and then leave it. You got to keep keep coming back keep, at it. Keep and, coming back and and that's where a company like yours comes in to say, "Hey, we'll we'll make sure it's coming back." Correct. Correct. You know, the, the marketing platform has changed so much in the past 10 years where you could spend $20,000 on a direct mail campaign, send it out and see the phone ring immediately and be done with it. Uh, here it's it's daily, almost sometimes hourly maintenance and watching and having your alerts and, and interacting. Fascinating. Fascinating topic. I also find that it can be a tool for improving your product or service. A lot of people want to use something like Yelp and trash a company's product or service, but most companies get offended instead of looking at it and actually saying, if there's smoke, is there really fire? Do we have an actual problem here? We've actually run a couple mystery shopper programs for, for businesses that were getting trashed on Yelp, and we've taken their stars from two stars up to five stars within six months just by finding some, some minor key details that they weren't doing. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's very powerful. So you can use it as a tool to improve your business. That's where you listen to your customers, see what they have to say, and your customers sometimes have a great point of how you can be a, a better 
your product or service. Hey, Jonathan, I got a question for you. What's all this hashtag stuff we see going on out there? Is that a new thing that's <laughs> it's it's kind of going crazy out there? What's it all about? A hashtag is a way to catalog a conversation. So what I say is if you watch NBC Nightly News, you'll see the hashtag or the pound sign Nightly News in the bottom corner. Go to Twitter, type in hashtag Nightly News, and you can see a more in-depth stories about what they're talking about, what other people are saying, and what their opinions are. Of all the things to think about when you're starting a new business, one of the key things you can do is think about your customers and where they're going to come from. Here's expert Karen Boyd. How many customers do you think you can touch in the first six months of business? How do you acquire those customers? Based on that, it forces them to articulate, well, what is the marketing plan? How am I going to promote it? How am I going to brand myself? What I did with my own clients in my former consulting life is having a plan of saying this is what I'm who I am now this is what I want to be five years from now so let's take it year by year what are critical action items that have to happen to not only acquire customers and the right customers but to grow strategically so if you only have one product does that make a company not necessarily so you have to think about the newness of the company what are you offering your customers to hear more tips from over 150 advisors visit exitcoachradio.com the best strategy is to first, which investment buckets, I always use buckets, which investment buckets am I going to be forced to take money out of at 59 and a half or 62 or whatever, and have a financial advisor map this out on a timeline. So I have to take the money out of buckets A and B first. So I'll live on that income. To the extent that I can, I'm going to delay taking money out of buckets C and D and E on down the road until I need the income because those are growing on a tax-deferred basis that compounds faster and the longer I can put off the taxes, the better. There are a lot of mistakes that business owners can make as they're growing and running their business and one of the things is managing your inventory properly. Here's expert Karen Boyd. They just don't have the right systems to evaluate the inventory. They might not have software package, which, you know, QuickBooks or NetSuite is a really great, those are good ones, but they don't know what is slow moving. They don't even know what products have sold, not sold in the last six months. And so I always tell them to identify those items that might be obsolete or slow moving and then develop a marketing promotion around it just to move it out and liquidate it. I mean, basically that's cash that's not working for them. And then the other thing is to, is not to delegate it necessarily to say a warehouse person. It's their business. They need to understand if they have the right mix of inventory. We'll talk about wellness is how we can start to communicate the, the importance of the wellness and that we give the people and the employees the opportunities to do things that will help them to become healthier. We start to educate them on the importance of annual physicals. We start to educate them on preventative care. Women do this quite well. Men have a tendency to wait till body parts don't work and then they go, which can be late and it's interesting we take better care of our car we change the oil we see the light the lamp light comes on and for a lot of us we don't do the maintenance that we should do on a regular basis that will identify a lot of issues that people have that now you can start to address either through medication to exercise or diet there are just a few key areas that you can identify that will drive these higher costs 
What I think you have to be careful also in is that we watch many companies and we've been doing this, our industry has been promoting this for years, is to reduce costs, let's increase deductibles, let's increase co-payments, let's talk about working on smaller networks, let's change the contribution level by the employer to the employee and we'll save costs. You'll reduce a fixed cost that you have, but you move those costs onto your people. And the more that we move these costs onto the people, what we find is that their frequency of seeing the doctor going to doctor getting sometime their medical needs is reduced which creates even more problems so the tip there is these ideas of what I call cost shifting aren't the answer to your question as you move through there so you have to be very careful to hear more tips from over 150 advisors visit exitcoachradio.com you're listening to exitcoachradio.com the information station for age 50 plus business owners where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. 